Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Praise the Lord. Love being in His presence. How about you? God is good. God is so good. Well, we, we have a, a special guest here today. We have a few of them, and I'm, I'm so thrilled to have uh, Bev Calloway in the room today. So, Bev, could you stand and wave a little bit? Oh, she goes. Hallelujah. She is the former first lady of the church, and uh, she did amazing things while she was here, her, her and her husband, and um, I owe a lot to that couple. And we'll always think of them with uh, just, just a lot of fond memories and, and nothing but love. Uh, also, we have uh, her grandkids here today, which is great. And uh, we also have Vicki, who is her daughter-in-law. And we have um, what, because I was with Pastor Calloway longer than any other associate, um, I feel like his kids are my brothers, his boys are my brothers. And so uh, I, I, Jay is here, and he's going to share the word. And um, I feel like we're brothers, not just brothers in Christ, but brothers in ministry. And uh, he's got a word for you. This is Dr. Jay, I believe, Dr. Jay Calloway. He has gone all the way in education and um, is, a, is just an awesome, awesome uh, speaker. But more than that, he's got a passion for God that I love to be around. You know how you just like to be around certain people because they infect you with what they have? That doesn't sound good during a pandemic season, does it? <laughs> I want to be infected with the Holy Spirit and with the passion of Christ and with that, that unction. That's an old word, that unction. And whenever I'm around Jay, uh, a lot of you know I'm an ideation guy. I have ideas all over the place. But when I get out around Jay, my ideation just goes to the roof, and I almost have to, like, take a break for a little bit. Um, it's just awesome to have him here. So give him a really big, warm welcome as he comes and shares the Word of God with you this morning. good we're good i was all um, oh man i just gotta say this is the coolest church in the world because you have a restaurant i mean seriously come on turn to somebody next to you and say we just say it like this you got to say it like this because this is where i'm from we be cool <laughs> and can i just say that you sounded really white when you did that? <laughs> that's sick okay 1964 there was a little town church started it's on a piece of property, a little house. How it grew out of the house, I had to use a tent. Many of us in this room may not stay in that church because there wasn't any air conditioning. Turn to somebody next to you and say, thank God for air conditioning. Put the emphasis on God because he had to inflict somebody with that idea. Can anybody see me? Interject. That little town was Indianola, Iowa. That little church was First Assembly. 1973, a man came to pastor the church. Had two little boys and an amazingly amazing woman that decided to live with him no matter what it took for over 50 years. 
That man was J. Albert Calloway. That woman was Bev Calloway. Those two little boys were Jay and Sean Calloway. And we're all still alive, except for my dad, who went on to be with the Lord a few years ago. And we celebrated his life right here. And that was the last time I spoke in this place. Since 1964 to this day, there's been a lot of pastors. There's been a lot of ups and a lot of downs. There's been times where somebody said, maybe just close the doors. And then other times we're saying, man, this thing is going to take over the world. But the reality is, is you're still here. And you're still alive. Come on. Oh, come. Seriously? Come on. Come on. I, you know, I think you need to just get up on your feet and shout a little bit and praise God a little bit for what he's done in this house. The old timers, the young timers, everybody, come on. Let's shout to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. So you met my wife, Vicki. Vicki, would you just stand and just say hi, just everything else, that kind of stuff. And, and you saw my, my amazing nephews and niece, my mom. But the most important thing I got to be telling you right now is this, is that I have seven grandchildren. And you, I know, I know somebody's going, whoa, you don't look like it at all. That's exactly what they were saying to me. You don't look like you have seven grandchildren at all. Thank you. Can I just say over the last 48 hours, I've been here, Vicki and I, we were here, we got in Friday night, and we just had a most amazing time hanging out with some of your executive leadership team on Friday night. Good pizza, um, great, great company. Uh, just had a great time just hanging out, and my mom, as in fine fashion, said, I have blown my curfew, take me home. <laughs> and, so, and she wasn't talking about her curfew, she was talking about mine still. And then yesterday, we just spent the morning with some of your leadership team, and I'm going to tell you, there is a reason why this church is thriving right now, is you've got a leadership team that believes in you and is ready to go forward. The, the enemy may have tried to say, we're going to stop this nation, stop this economy, stop this church, stop all of that, but the enemy is not the one in charge. His name is Jesus Christ, who is in charge, and he has given you a leadership team that has got a vision for this, for this city, for this region, for this church. It's absolutely amazing. And then this morning, I got a chance to sit with some of you, your young people, and talk about one of the most things that's most dearest and nearest to my heart, and it is um, education and what we're going to do with raising up the next generation of leaders. And I had an opportunity this morning in your restaurant. I'm just, I'm going to say that over and over again. That is so freaking cool. You have a restaurant in your house. I love that. So I'm sitting there and got a chance, and Norma Bash, where is Norma? Where's Norma Bash? If you're here, right back here. She comes walking up, gives me the biggest hug, and I'm talking. And, and as we're talking, I, had, I just slipped away from her for a little bit and said, I'm, going, I'm getting ready to talk to some of your replacements when you go on to be with Jesus. Because you know what? How many of you, every one of you know, it says it's appointed unto man wants to die and then the judgment. So every one of us are going to go on and be graduated into heaven. So we better find somebody to come up behind us and take over what we're doing. Do, do you understand what I'm saying there? 
You see, what's so great about this house is I'm seeing the young and I'm seeing the old and we're all walking as spry as we ever have been and we're seeing people raise up and that is the most amazing thing. And your young people are, Donnie, can I just say you are doing an absolute amazing job, but I know it's because of Megan. I say this all the time. If you end up after this time being with me, for just a little bit and like me, it's because of Vicky. That's all. That's the only reason it is. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But we were just talking with the young people this morning, and we have a passion to raise up the next generation of leaders, the next generation of uh, a new breed of education we have. We have partnered with Evangel University, and we actually have an Evangel physical campus that we went and had approved, and uh, it is accredited even in the state of Indiana. And all all scholarships that you can possibly get, all um, uh, financial aid, everything you can get and attend right there in Hammond. And then we uh, just raise up leaders that are going to go and make a difference for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's absolutely amazing. Got a chance to share with a little bit of that with them. And if you are, if you weren't able to be with us, or you maybe have some young people or someone just kind of looking around what, what you need to do, just find us afterwards. We'll just give you a quick uh, card, and you can um, get information that way and all of this kind of stuff. I have three words for you that I started out with the leadership team. And um, how many of your Bibles say yes? If you don't, say oops. See, some of you are lying through your teeth. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. We'll talk about it in just a minute. But if you have your Bibles, um, get them out and turn to Luke, the 10th chapter. Luke chapter 10. And I want to give you three words that I gave to the leadership yesterday morning. And if you can, you write them down, put them in your phone. But these are three words that are crucial to our future, to our going forward. And that is faith. Say this with me, faith. faith. Number two is favor. Say favor. And number three, future. Say future. Very good. Thank you. You guys are quick. You're quicker than my people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's, if you're listening to me, watching. So I just want you to know that God is still the God of faith. And that we are still a people of faith. I don't know if your faith has been shaken over the last few weeks, months, years. Circumstances have happened wherever you're at. But there is a God of faith. He has faith to move mountains. He has faith to take care of what there is faith that you can have that will take care of everything. In fact, the Bible says that if a mountain is standing before you, you can turn that mountain into a molehill. That's literally the Bible, that his, the faith will turn our mountains. How many, anybody have a mountain in this room? You have a mountain right now, right in front of you. Just lift up your hand right now that you're saying, I need it conquered, I need it moved, whatever the case. Lift up your hand right now. Can I just say, say this with me? I have faith to move mountains. I have faith to make my mountains into molehills. And I can take it from there because you just step on molehills. Can anybody say amen? Okay. But then you have faith. Now, I want to just tell you a real quick story. I have not started preaching yet in case some of you are wondering. So... Uh, uh, probably, I don't even know, six years ago, coming up on six years ago, my, my, my daughter was married to a young man, and it was a very difficult, difficult marriage. And she was living with us. 
they were working on it. They were getting everything together, and it was seeming like maybe there was hope for the marriage. And on May the 1st, his father comes to me and says, have you seen or heard, of, heard from my, your, my son-in-law? It was Michael. And I said, no, I, I, I didn't know anything. I mean, they weren't living together at the time. Tori was living with us. And at that moment in time, they, he said, well, we, he didn't show up for work yesterday. He works at the same place his father did, and we just could not figure out exactly where he was at. And for the next 41 days, we couldn't figure out where he was at. It became a, ma- a massive search. 40, the 41st day, they, got a, they had a, a lost tip in the middle of all the phone calls that came of a little pond outside of a house that was where his best friend lived and seeming to be remembered that someone heard a big splash in the middle of the night. And sure enough, that was into being my son-in-law in his car, and they found him in the bottom of a pond, and he had, he had died. And my daughter was left at the age of 23, I believe it is, was and with two little two-year-old twin girls. Uh, they were one at the time. My wife, if, if, if I correct myself, it's because my wife has given me signals from the front row to make sure I'm accurate. She's my fact checker. Can you, <laughs> no fake news here. Can anybody say man? And so the, her life was a shambles. We'll go for the darkness of of losing a husband at 23, a difficult marriage already, just all these kinds of stuff, living with us, and we're thinking, okay, what does the future at all look like? Well, about a year later, a young man, well, about a year later, my, my daughter walks into the room and says, I just want you to know, Mom and Dad, that God has been getting to move in my life. I feel the freedom. I feel things beginning to happen, and God's told me that he has somebody prepared for me and I, and I, you know, I've got them living with me, and I'm saying, praise God, I hope he has a job. <laughs> I was on faith with that one, you know what I'm saying? Remember, faith to move mountains. <laughs> Two twin-year-old girls in my house. I'm grandpa. I'm not dad. I want them out. I mean, you know. And so all of a sudden, she says, God is said that he is preparing somebody for me and I said hallelujah and then she says the next words but when it happens it will happen fast and I said get behind me Satan (laughs) because all of a sudden within two weeks they met with a week later he was calling me saying is it okay if I talk with her with your daughter uh, on a an idea of getting you know of pushing this forward within a month they were exclusively dating within three within two months they were um, he was asking her to marry him and less than six months later they were married and he is the most incredible he is leader my worship leader on staff right now I can tell you that if you are walking through a difficult time you have faith because he is a faith that moves mountains turns mountains to molehills and he will restore and reconcile everything that the enemy has tried to destroy in your life so fast forward now, and uh, they've been married, uh, it'll be six years coming up in, um, or five years, I'm sorry, five years in, um, uh, there's the fact checker again, she helps me out, in five years in, uh, in uh, September, and the whole time they've been trying to have a baby. They went through all the ways that man has come up with to help people have babies and, and everything else, they went through everything. And on my birthday on October 26th, we had some friends from England. They were in, and we've been in ministry together with them for many years. And as Tori was getting up to leave, 
she was getting ready to leave because she had uh, she was having a, a doctor's appointment the next morning to check to get, take the next step in, in um, getting pregnant. And immediately, the young lady that was our friend from England stood up and says, I'm supposed to pray over you. And she did, and the power of God just fell. That faith to move mountains fell amazingly. Three days later, we get the report that there was no way at all she would ever be able to be pregnant. Scar tissue and things that had happened throughout the other pregnancies and everything else made it impossible except for the medical team will never say impossible because God exists so they say when they're impossible says one chance in a million that was on that day the young man that was with us the man that was with us from England comes down that morning that we received the word that our daughter would never be able to have a baby again and she says, and he begins to sing a song that he had written in his sleep. He woke up with this song that he had written that morning. And it was simply the, the one line that I know was there was, he is the God that changes things. And we just kept doing it. He goes up to our kitchen, our kitchen door where there is a, a little chalkboard thing that Vicky had made to write things on there and decorate with. He wipes that whole thing off and then just puts on there. He's the God that changes things. That line is still on that little chalkboard to this day. Fast forward now to the beginning of this year, January 1st. My daughter's sitting there, Tori, and our whole family's sitting there. We have a tradition of New Year's Eve or New Year's Day lunch or dinner, and so we're eating dinner, and everybody was kind of wishing that Tori would just go home because she was a little testy. She was a little irritating, irritated and irritating. Her mom goes over to the kitchen and simply just says this, I wonder if she's pregnant, but doesn't say anything because some of us in this room that have really struggled to have a baby, that has really struggled to have children knows how devastating that can sound or how defeating that can be when you sit back and ask somebody ask you, when are you gonna have kids? Isn't it about time for to have kids? Or are you pregnant? And so we just kind of kept quiet, and Vicky just kept that to herself and pondered it in her heart and was just praying. On the way home, Jonathan, her husband, says, Babe, you're, you're a little irritated right now. What's going on everything? I think we need to go by Walgreens and get a pregnancy test. Now, what kind of a husband would say that? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not too bright. I love him. He leads the worship. He's anointed. He brings heaven down, but it's not too bright on saying that. <clears throat> she gets it home. It's positive. She says, oh, I don't think that's accurate. Let me go get 15 more. She buys the dollar store ones. She buys the CVS ones. She buys the Walgreens ones. She buys the AstraZeneca, the, 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 the Johnson & Johnson. She buys every one she can buy. 15, 17 tests later, Jonathan looks at her and says, Honey, I think you might be pregnant. Let's go to the doctor. On three weeks later, Jonathan walks in with a t-shirt in my house as we have just finished church in our home with a t-shirt that says, Baby Daddy, we're pregnant. I'm telling you, he has faith to move mountains. He has faith to open up wombs if you just claim it. Favor. There's faith. 
and there's favor. Can I just say that in this house, there is favor from the King of Kings. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you are a child of the Most High God. Now, here's the thing about being a child of the Most High God. I believe everybody's a child of the Most High God. You just have to start accepting it. You have to acknowledge it. I loved the song and the line in the song, and I get it wrong every time because I usually just, I, I sing it, a, I always sing it a different way, but it says there, there is resurrection power when we sing the name of Jesus. Everybody just wants to believe there's resurrection power. Do you know there is? But you've got to open up the spigot to that power. You've got to begin to praise him. You got to begin to cry out to him. You need to get on your, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The difference is, is when you do it on this side, there's favor. When you do it on that side, there's damnation. Everyone is going to confess that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Everyone. The Bible is very clear about that. We all are going to confess. Those that are analytically uh, having trouble with it, those that are intellectually having trouble with it, or those that are emotionally or bitter, unforgiveness having trouble with it, you're still going to confess. The question is, are you gonna confess at the time that the favor spigot is still ready to be turned on, or are you gonna confess it when it's shut down and there's no more time, because there is no salvation in the grave and there is no hope after he comes back for you. And we need to hear that message every single day when we decide that we're just going to live in our own thinking, in our own analytics, in our own education. In our own, I'm educated. I can tell you, I can say all of that through. There is so much education. There was one moment in time I'm sitting there with one of the most educated men I have, and he got violently crazy with me at one point because I said, there is an absolute and we can't figure that out because the Bible does say that there is a point in time when there are those that are walking through that they're ever seeking knowledge but never coming to the understanding of truth. Truth is, turn to somebody next to you. This is the most basic thing you ever did. Just turn to somebody next to you and say one plus one is one. So, okay, okay. Would everybody absolutely say you were right there? Just raise your hand and go, oh yes, baby. Okay, maybe you don't. I don't know. Everybody, if you, listen to me. If you believe without your dawn, that, did I say one plus one is one? See, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Barry, you want to take over because now we're not going to get anybody saved. This is called Dr. J right here. This is, never mind. See, my fact checker in the morning right here, she just goes, it's actually two. One plus one is, turn to somebody next to you and now get accurate. <laughs> turn to somebody next to you and say, one plus one is two. Now let me ask you this. How many of you are absolutely, you have absolute understanding, there is absolute that that is accurate. Would you lift your hand now? Wow, it's amazing when we get right how much you jump on board with this thing. And yet we're told that there's relative truth. We're told that Jared's truth is his truth, and my truth is my truth. 
and mine is right and his is right so in other words if you want to take that all the way to the to the take it all the way to the end of the platform and fall off on it literally means he can say one plus one is 17 and I can say one plus one is 32 and there's people out there who are going well that's great for you Try balancing your checkbook with that. Oh, I think the government has done that. But we'll just leave, we'll leave that one alone. I said that one out loud. That was supposed to stay in my head. And yet, the absolute truth that we deal with is that God says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. One opens up at one time on the timeline, it opens up the amazing spigot of favor from a king of kings. The other time, it just, you, you, you do it with like, shoot. Because the one leads to the road of life and the other one will end up leading to the road of death. It's that simple. And we're in a society that needs to hear that message. We can... We can sit back on it all we want, but we need houses like this. And we need people like this that are willing to not debate and, and make everybody feel good or right or bad and condemned, but just simply state the reality. One plus one is two, and every knee that bows on this side of the grave receives favor it's, it's, it, it doesn't get any it, it doesn't get any more theologically deep than that that's it that's all there is and we need to face that fact so how do we do that well first of all we have to believe and the third word that I said is the future how many of you know your future would you lift your hand really high you know your future I was asking the young people today I said I said I'm 55 years old so I want to ask you what are you going to be doing <laughs> I felt so old when this one young lady said this I, I love her to death hope she comes to my leadership college because she's gonna be a lot of fun but I said this I said how many of you know what you want to do when you're my age I said I'm 55 one of the young ladies says I'll be retiring as a teacher <laughs> I'm like dang I'm old I loved that. But there was people that know. Can, how many of you know you have a future? Would you lift your hand really high? You, you, you know your future. So similar, several years ago, this is many years ago, we were, walking along the, we were walking along this big, long pier. It's called the Navy Pier in Chicago. Some of you have been on there. And this is way before it was redone, and it was really a, a very, very dangerous place. And we took this young couple with us to talk and show them Chicago. It was really not a bright move. Um, and so, as we're walking down this hallway on the inside, there were, some, there were just some little curio shops, gift shops, things like that, but it was very seedy. It, was just not, it wasn't what we were expecting at all. And so, down the road, I'm, I'm walking back, and I've been looking at some art. They had an art exhibit, and so I'm just kind of over there, just kind of walking and looking at some stuff. And the couple that we were with, and Vicky, went way on down and they were I was probably from here to the back wall of where we're sitting there if you're watching online that's probably about 30 40 maybe 50 feet something like that away and so I'm just walking and what I did not know 
is there were some fortune tellers and some soothsayers that were having uh, set up shop and they were out there passing out cards. And so the young man, he was a young pastor, was up there and they would say, hey, can we tell you your future? Can we tell you your future? And, they, and the young man goes, no, you get, I don't want my future being told, but the guy that's getting ready to come out right behind us, he needs his future read. So I'm like going, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm out there lollygagging with some art and just having some good time. And all of a sudden, I'm walking up there, and I mean, they called every fortune teller within a 15-block radius to show up. It was like everyone, and they were all circling me as I walked up, and I'm like, what is going on here? And they go like, we want to help you, sir. We want, your, we want to tell you your future. Can we tell you your future? And I mean, just like that, I said, no, but if you'd give me a chance, I would love to tell you your future. I mean to tell you, every single one of them were gone like that. I'm pretty sure they were transported out by something because it was over. Can I just tell you your future just for a moment? You have a future that is out of this world. It is the most amazing future. It is a future that is, that is, it is a future of peace. It is a future of rest. It is a future, and honestly, I don't know about you, but this is one of the reasons why I'm going, is a future of eating for seven years. Can anybody say amen about that? And I've already put my order in that needs to go. Ruth Chris, uh, 28-day age, uh, 16-ounce, no, 32-ounce bone-in cowboy ribeye. Can any, oh, someone, someone needs to get excited now. I'm going to be done in about, uh, how much time do I have, by the way? As long as I want? I like you. The, they told me that you normally preach, Barry, about an hour and 15 minutes. Is that a, Well, that got quiet. <laughs> they were like, oh, God, no. So, how do we deal with this? How do we be a house of faith, favor, and future? How do we be people of faith, favor, and future? How does it happen that you do it? Well, first of all, there's got to be a there's got to be a faith in Jesus Christ. We understand that. We, we, there's be favor from the King of Kings, the King Jesus. And this future that we talk about will be that moment in time when we stand before Him, and we hear those term. We hear that wonderful, wonderful statement. Well done. Come on in. So how does that happen? Well, we need, to get a heart, we need to get the heart of the master. In Luke, the 10th chapter, in verse 1 and through 7, there's this very familiar passage, and I want to read it out of the message uh, version this morning because I think it's really incredible. I'm going to just touch real quick on one part, but then I want to challenge you on how you can be part of this faith, favor, future culture it says there in verse 10 or chapter 10 and verse 1 of, of Luke there it says there later the master selected 70 and sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he intended to go where God intended to go they only went where God was intending to go that's a key point he gave them this charge. 
what a huge harvest and how few the harvest hands. So on your knees, ask the God of the harvest to send harvest hands. In other words, he's saying there that there is a lot of work to do out there. There's a lot of harvesting. There's a lot of people out there. Barry and I were talking about it. I live in an area with about 8 million people. There are people stacked on top of people and stacked on top of people in the driving distance of, of our locations that we have right now. Just driving distance, there is 5.5 million people. I don't know them all. Some of them don't know I exist. But the reality of it is, is the majority of them don't even know God has them on his radar. They're the crowd. My circle is massively full of people, but so is yours. So is yours. And if we're faith people, the mountain may seem overwhelming with the neighborhood that you live in. The favor might sit back, you might sit back and go like, I haven't been favored with great wealth or education or intellect. I really don't have a whole lot of anything, but can I tell you, whatever you have is exactly what your neighbor needs because you've been favored. How many of you are a child of God in this house? Would you lift your hand really high? Lift it up as high as you can possibly get it and just go, oh yes, baby. Turn to somebody next to you and say, oh yes, baby. So as you being a child of God, the reality is simply this, that you need to be into a culture of faith, a culture of favor, that you have been favored. But you might sit back and go, like, I haven't been favored. You should see the house that my neighbor lives in. Well, God didn't want you to live in that house or he had to put you in that house. He puts you in your house. You don't see the, you don't see the spouse that, uh, that, that my neighbor has, but God didn't want you to have that spouse. You'd have killed her or he would have killed you. He gave you, he favored. Turn us, how many of you are sitting by your spouse? Look at you and just say, you're a favor from God. Can anybody say amen? And some of you, some of you may need to say that by faith. But that's why we start with faith. Because we have this reality that there is a future and the future that we have is going to be shut down and locked out in, the in possibly a few moments from here. Possibly a few days from here possibly a few months from here, possibly a few years from here. We don't know when it is. And the reality is, is if we're going to really understand and be future people, we're going to be people of the future. How do we move past this pandemic? How do we move, get through this pandemic? I'm not so sure we're going to get through it. We may just have to live with it and move on. Can I tell you, this isn't the first time that this planet has seen massive death and massive chaos and massive everything else, but it didn't knock God off the throne and it's not going to shut the church and it's not going to take you out because we are faith favor future people. It's that simple. It's very basic.
And can I just tell you right now that what God has for you is he's got an, a most amazing future, not even out there in the distance, but right here tomorrow in the next 10 minutes, in the next 15 minutes, in the next two hours. Who knows what, what opportunity you may have just sitting at the table where you eat. In a few, few moments, we're going to have lunch. Some of you might he eat here. Is the, is the bistro open this afternoon? No, it's not open this afternoon? Okay. We're going to go somewhere else and eat. <laughs> I thought it was a cool place, but I guess not. You got all these people here. All you got to do is tell them I'll give you a 10% discount and let them eat. You'll take care of your budget right like that. Holy cow. I'm just here to serve. I'm just here to help. So you might be sitting at a table like I was about 15, 20 years ago. And I'm sitting at a table. And at the end of that table, the waiter, the owner of the restaurant comes up. Her name's Chella. And this doesn't happen terribly often for me. It's not like I just walk through this, but I'm open to the future. And all of a sudden, drop in my heart, Tell Chella it's going to be okay. Wasn't, you know, like halos flowing down or wings coming around. Wasn't this, it wasn't great organ music. Barry wasn't singing in the background. There wasn't anything going on in that. It was simply, tell Chella it's going to be okay. So I just walked over and I'm sitting there, and she comes up, and says, Pastor Jay, it's good to see you. And I said, it's good to see you, Chella. I didn't say anything. And I'm thinking, she's going to think I'm a whack job, telling her it's going to be okay. So she goes away, and we were friends, and we always took a lot of people in there. And she was just one of those great people and just loving people and everything else. And so she says, so she comes back a little bit later. We're just kind of talking again. We've ordered. Now we're kind of waiting for it. We're eating some chips and salsa. It's a Mexican joint. And so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, it says it again, only a little bit louder. Tell Chella it's going to be okay. Do you ever notice that God will change his tone? <laughs> you ever notice that? Okay, I'm just going to give you what I believe is going on right now. I personally believe God is changing his tone. I'm just going to say, and I, I wasn't anticipating saying this this morning, but I think I'm supposed to because some of you need to hear this all along. However many of you have children, would you lift your hand real high? How many of you haven't killed them yet? Would you keep them raised? If you haven't got grandkids yet, that's your only reward. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. How many of you have looked at your kids and you walk in the room, in their room, and you're in your hazmat suit, your everything else, and you just look at them and just say, you need to clean up your room. You need to pick up your clothes. Hey, guys, we've got some company coming over. You mind straightening it up a little bit? They're coming over on Friday night. We want this place to look good, and it's Tuesday. <laughs> we know it's going to take that long to excavate. And all of a sudden, you come in, and it's Wednesday. And it doesn't look the same. It looks worse. And all of a sudden, you're looking like, guys, guys, come on, come on. 
I ask you to clean it up. We, we're getting on this. I, well, you got to Friday. You said Friday. No, 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 no. It's going to take that long. I need you to, come on. And then all of a sudden, it's Thursday night. Not a thing has been done. And you're walking in. Do you still go, hey, guys. You know, I'm going to be a little upset. You don't want to see me mad. No, your tone changes. I said, clean up your room. And if it was my dad, he goes, you want me to get the belt? <laughs> <You know? laughs> what, what happened to those days? Somehow we were raised really good. I'm just, but I'm just leaving it there. I'm just leaving it there. I just lost all of my amazingly feeling uh, millennials right there. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, Friday comes. 20 or 30 minutes later. Your tone has changed dramatically. And there is a price to pay. Right? So why is it that we always think of a really, when we think of God, when he changes his tone? Because there really is a future. There really is a future. And there really is a deadline. Why is it that we get upset with God or we talk about God being an unfeeling, uncaring God? Oh, I could never serve an uncaring God like that. When he's been saying for 2,000 years, hey, guys, you need to clean up your mess. You, you know that, that, that junk you got going on in your marriage? That's got to stop. You know that stuff, is that, the thing you, you've, been, you've been addicted to? You got to get some help on that. It's gonna, because Friday's coming, guys. Friday's coming. And there's a line. We got to get this thing together. You don't understand, guys. Did you hear me? This thing is going to make you miss the party. We've got some people coming over. Do you hear me? Oh, I, I just could never serve a God like that. He's, he's got to be caring and loving. Have you ever thought that when God changes his tone, it's because he loves so much? Have you ever thought when difficulty and disaster and destruction, could it possibly be? I'll just throw this out there and you can theologically debate this when I leave. I'll let, I'll let Barry clean this one up because it's not my job. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out there. All through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, it didn't say that God allowed things. He actually sent things. He actually sent pandemics. He actually sent plagues to show the signs. Could it possibly be that this wasn't only allowed by God, but it was just him changing his tone a little bit to say, guys, it's time to wake up. Just a thought. Just a thought. So, how do we become people that are going to fall on our knees, be harvest hands? How do we be people that realize that there is a deadline on a future and that there is favor from the King of Kings, that we really are a child of God? My kids right now, I love them all my heart, and I've sat down to them, and I said, listen, guys, just so you know that by the time I die, I'm going to be abundantly wealthy, and there's going to be a great fortune for you. I tell them that all the time. I do. 
they don't care because they're, they're it's my faith. Can anybody <laughs> turn to somebody next? You're like, man, there's some faith. <laughs> but I told them this. I've already written in my will, if you're not living for God, and if you're not going to advance his kingdom, you don't get a dime. You get nothing. I've already written it in. They already know. Because I'm not going to spend my entire life building what God has put in my heart to build only to let my children squander it. Turn to somebody next to you and go, ooh. Glad he's not my dad. The reality is, is God said the same thing. You're my child, and I have the most amazing inheritance for you. And you will always be my child, and there will never be a change where you won't ever not be my child. Just like my son, he could do anything. He'll never not be my kid. Whether I like him or not is beside the point. Whether he likes me or not is beside the point. The reality is simply this, is that he, I will always be his father and he will always be my son, but there's going to be a level of living that he's going to get if he wants the inheritance that I give him. And the same thing is true with God the Father. He says, listen, I've got a most amazing future for you. I've got a future that is out of this world. I've got most amazing things. There's these mansions, there's everything else, but the most amazing thing is is that you're going to be able to take everything that you have done here on earth, and when you get there, is you're going to be able to worship and bow at your feet of your elder brother. His name is Jesus Christ, and every bit of crown, every bit of jewels, everything else is going to be there because he is such an amazing, amazing God. You're going to you're going to fall at his feet just like we sang this morning you're going to put those crowns at his feet it's going to be absolutely outstanding and that's what we're going to do for the rest of our lives forever and ever and ever and ever and ever amen that's a pretty exciting thing to me that's a future that's out of this world and he says that's what I've got for you and that's the inheritance and it's right there for you you just got to you just got to live it you just got to do it He says, if not, you'll still be my child, but you won't get the inheritance. So how does that happen? Well, there's got to be a faithfulness. There's got to be an access to the the favor. And here's the line at the very end. He says, here's how you are harvesters. Here's how you do this. Here's how we go out and, and, and allow the tone of God to move into our lives as this. We find it in chapters or verses 5 and 6 of Luke 10. It says there, when you enter a home, greet the family, peace, if you gather. Remember, it's going to the place where God's called them to go. They're going into a town, going into a community, going somewhere to where the harvest, where there's a lot of people. It says, but it, it goes on there and it says, stay in one home, taking your meals there. For a worker deserves three squares, square meals. A, a worker deserves three square meals. Don't move from house to house looking for the best cook in town. How many of you, I'm not gonna, well, I was going to ask you, how many of you live with the best cook in town? I'm not going to ask that question because that could get dangerous and have we're Barry, Pastor Barry and, and everybody will be inundated with marriage counseling after that. We won't do that. In other words, how do you become a house of faith, a house of favor, and a house of the future? It's two words. Stay planted stay planted it's very simple 
Don't be jumping in and out of marriage. Don't be jumping in and out of careers. Don't be jumping in and out of church. Don't be jumping in and out of all of the emotional things you have. Just simply stay planted and just show up every day. It's that simple. God is saying to each one of us today, I have got amazing favor for you. There is a faith that I want to give you, but I want you just to be consistent in it. I don't want you to jump in and out. I don't want you to jump in and out. I don't want you to keep going over. And now with the internet and now with all the things that we have going on with us and everything else, it's so easy just to go here and go there and get just a, a conglomeration of everything. Oh, I'll tell you what. I was, I was blown away because I had a lady come to me the other day, and I was just so amazed. I, I, I got like, this is awesome. Because she looked at me and she goes, Pastor Jay, I just love you. I said, thank you. She goes, you preach so good. I said, thank you. She goes, I've got you right here. You're right here on Sunday morning. You, I watch you every Sunday. We have a, we, we're doing church a little bit different. I don't have time to get into it. But she goes, I watch you. And I've got my whole family there watching you together. And you're right here. And then right after you're done, it's Stephen Furtick. Hallelujah. I just love you so much. You're right up here. And I'm like, hallelujah. I beat Stephen Furtick. Can you say amen to that? Oh, my gosh. But here's the deal. I don't know how true that is. You're probably looking like, oh, it ain't true at all, Bubba. She just really likes you. I, I meant to tell you that was my mom that said that, but I forgot that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mom would have said it, Stephen and then Jay, but no, not really. Here's the reality. You need to stay planted. God has called you to a field. And I have a word for this church. I really believe I do when Barry said it. The future of this church is amazingly bright. It's not only amazingly bright, it is out of this world. But to stay planted in a field, you have to feel safe. You have to be amazingly, you have to feel amazingly safe. Many years ago, I was sitting in there and I felt very convicted and compelled that we should change the name of our church. I don't believe that that should be for everybody. For us, it, it, it just had something to do with how we were doing church. And I was just saying something and somebody was preaching and immediately he said one line and I said, that's the name. And it became the gate. And within about five minutes, God dropped into my heart. I just had immediately the acrostic of what it stood for. And the first one was guard. And I got to be honest, our church hasn't always been the safest place for people. But at this point in time, we made a decision, and I shared this with, uh, with your leadership team even yesterday. I want to share it with you. And I want you just to bear with me for a little bit because I believe this is specifically for Indianola First Assembly. This isn't for the church down the street or for everybody else. This is for you. And this is what it was, is that you have a safe house here. You have a safe house amazing leadership here and you are safe people and this community is safe because you're here that you've got praying people in this house that are praying not just for the church and not just for this church the facility to be filled up or just get through everything and go on further but that the community have you ever thought of praying in the morning waking up in the morning and just saying god 
would you help us make Indianola a safe place? Could it possibly be that Indianola could be known as the safest place in the United States to live? You know what will happen if that starts happening? People won't start moving here. Guess what that does? They bring them right to your front door to share the favor and the faith and the future of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why do we need to be people that are planted and stay in the, th- in the place? Because we don't need to be jumping from place to place. We can't jump from marriage to marriage because then it just takes up too much time. How many of you thank God for, for, a, for, a, for a long marriage? Would you lift your hand really high and say amen? Can, how long did it take you to get there? I, I mean, I've been married to this woman for 37 years. I'll be 37 years. You know how long it took me to get there? 37 years! There's things where we're sitting back there and we're, we're walking through right now that we don't even have to come up with. We don't have to think about. We don't have to do. And the Bible says in the last days they're going to jump in and out of marriage. They're going to jump in and out of careers. They're going to be jumping in and out of everything. They're going to jump out. And can I just tell you, it's time for us to stay planted and just jump in. Can anybody say amen? You've got people that are watching you, looking at you. Your neighbors are watching you. They're looking at you, and they're seeing how you love each other. They're seeing how you go. They're looking, why every Sunday morning do they get in their car and where they're going? And I, here's what I believe. I believe there's some people in your neighborhoods that are following you. They're looking, going like, why does he get up every Sunday morning and go somewhere? I wonder, I wonder if he's got a good donut shop. Guess what? You do! It's a restaurant in the church! This is so freaking cool! It just blows me away. Yes. You got a donut truck? Park it here on Sunday mornings. We believe in competition. It's the American way. Come on. He'll love it. Better yet, sell all your donuts to him every Sunday morning for 10% discount. 15. Whoa, 15. Dude. Go with me. It's just 10. <laughs> stay, in your, stay in your field. Plant yourself. It's Everett, right? Everett's found a field, literally, filled with metal. I talked with him. Dennis, I'm sorry. You can, can I call you Everett? Because you just, every time I saw you, I'm thinking it was Everett. Dennis. Everett's back there. Where's Everett? There, there, there's Everett. Sorry, Everett. You don't look anything like him. <laughs> I don't know how to help you. <laughs> Dennis found a field. I hope I don't share anything too out of order, but I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm sorry later. Over $54,000 in missions because he decides to cut up metal. (laughs) Who knew? He did. But here's what the biggest thing about Dennis is. He says, my goal is to create four teams. Four teams. Because someday, Dennis is going to need to be replaced. That for some of us, that's a hard, say, hard thing to say, but if we don't start saying it, then we're going to not grow. Does that make sense? So here's what I want to do. 
What I shared with you today was the very beginnings of something that God gave me many, many, many years ago. And this is what we say at the beginning of every sermon that I preach. Today, I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today, I will hear the Word of God. Today, I will do the will of God. Today, I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Every single time that we get up to preach and do that in our service, we say that as a family, as a people together. It's become our believer's proclamation. And I challenge our people to simply stay planted. Don't be jumping all over the place. Don't be jumping in your, in your philosophies, in your mind. Get planted that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How many of you believe Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords? You believe it like you believe one plus one is two. Not one. Amen. Two. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.